0: Hello and welcome. This is The Joe Martino Show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. We're going to talk about holding things in tension. Uh, We're going to talk about a few emails that I got mostly. We're not actually going to read any, but we're going to talk about them in uh, a general tone, kind of the, the meta study of them, if you will. And then we're going to talk about what does it mean to hold things in tension? If we had a rope in front of us and each end represented two seemingly contradictory truths, how do we best hold that rope in front of us so that we can have healthier relationships And better emotionally secure lives and I have an exciting announcement about the book let's kick it off this is the Joe Martino show you're listening to the Joe Martino show a podcast dealing with all things emotional relational and human nature Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy he is also the author of the book the emotionally secure couple all advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only Enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to The Joe Martino Show. My name's Joe, and I am excited to talk to you today. do need to let you know I have a bit of a chest cold, a little head thing going on, so I imagine I sound a little foggy, at least in my own ears I do. And when I listen to the feedback, uh, when I replay the audio of this back into my head, I feel that way as well. Of course, it is the season, especially if you live in the frozen tundra that is Michigan. All right, so first of all, I want to kick off with two um, emails that were written. I got a lot of emails last week in regards to the single parenting versus the co-parenting thing. People asking a lot of questions, you know, are you saying this, of stuff that I didn't say. I'm going to try to recap that in 30 seconds. A woman wrote in, her husband died, she's a single mom, she feels like her friend... Who divorced her husband and doesn't, and, and the husband actually parents with her, they live in separate homes, that there should be a different label for that. I agree with that. I think we have to have, we've lost our ability to have conversations about things like divorce. You just can't have them. A number of years ago, I, I just put up an article that was a research based article on my personal website, joemartino.com. If you're not getting that, uh, feel free to go there, joemartino.com, and sign up. Uh, hit subscribe. You'll get uh, you'll get probably two a week most weeks uh, emails. One is referencing a media something in the media or something media wise that I made. Call that Media Monday because I'm I'm not very quick and so I need to keep things alliterated so I can remember them. And then every Thursday, uh, a new journal article blog post comes up or goes up. And a number of years ago, I put one up that was just hey, look. This is why I fight for marriages. And I got a hundred and some odd emails in about 24 hours of people who were mad that I would suggest that staying together is better. Last week, I got emails from people who were mad that they felt I was suggesting that not staying together was better, which I don't understand that at all because I went back and listened to it and I didn't say anything about staying together or not staying together. I just said we need to have space for a conversation. And I think this is actually uh, indicative of a, a of a, a bigger conversation problem that we have. And that is we don't have, we don't seem to have the ability in our society or we are quickly losing it if we do have it, this this ability to engage emotionally charged conversations that we are not sure how we feel about. And that's a really important skill to have for relationship health, for health, for emotional health. For physical health, for personal health, it's just really important for overall health that we are able to engage emotionally charged conversations that we disagree with in a fruitful way. Uh, I was actually working with a couple one time and the, hus- the wife was very mad at the husband because he told her that he felt that she was lazy in this one area. And he said, I don't think you're lazy completely, but this one thing that you do, I just feel that it's lazy and it's inconsiderate and disrespectful. And she lost her mind on him in the room. So I can only imagine what it would be like at home. And and he he did ask her, I was just kind of sitting there watching everything. And he said to her, he said, I don't understand why you're so mad. You'll tell everybody, no one's perfect. Everybody needs correction. Everybody needs help. But when I offer it to you, you get mad. And certainly there's a, a broader scope there. But I do feel that that interaction is indicative of a lot of us. We all, I often hear, I shouldn't say we all talk, which is what I was about to say. But then my ADHD kicked in and I cut it off. We, I often hear people talk about how they believe it's beneficial to engage people they disagree with. But I rarely see it happen in real life. I rarely see people disagree uh, I rarely see people engage ideas or people that they strongly disagree with and I think it's killing our ability to have conversation we're in an election year if you didn't know And some of you are like, oh, turn it off. Here we go. He's going to talk about politics. I actually think that's the problem. We don't talk about things we disagree with. There's no disagreement whatsoever. If I have a strong opinion and you have a strong opinion, we have been conditioned by our world to say, well, then we can't talk about it. And that's not beneficial. That's not helpful. That will not move our relationships forward. And so I would encourage you, cultivate friendships with people you disagree with. There are people who, I just, I don't know that we agree on anything other than we're friends. Politically speaking, I don't know that we agree on anything. There are people that I have very strong feelings for that I disagree with on a lot of things. And that's okay. One of the things that we have to do is we have to be able to lean into the space that is uncomfortable. You have to be able to lean into the space of friendship where people do things and you're like, Ooh, I don't know what I think of that. I have friends, guy, people that I really appreciate that I don't think are very good at this, who I don't think like me. In fact, I was thinking about somebody. I wouldn't even call this guy a friend. He's more of an acquaintance. I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, it was just, we interacted for this very short time. We, we live in uh, our spheres of life interact, right? If, if you understand what I'm saying there. So my sphere of life uh, and his sphere of life cross over. And one day I get a call from him. Hey, can we get together and get coffee? Sure. During that coffee meeting, can you do this for me? Sure. I delivered. I thought it went well. I have no idea. And then it just stopped. We didn't do the rest of it. And the only thing I can think of was he made this statement. I was like, oh, I'm not sure I agree with that. Would that be a problem? No, no, no. And I'm guessing maybe it was a problem because we don't do well as a society at leaning into things that we don't agree with. We just avoid them. I'm tempted to do it. And I think maybe, you know, Facebook and social media certainly part contributed to this. I see something, I'm like, eh, I don't know what I think of that. Do you type it? I've even typed out comments before and then decided, you know what, it just isn't worth the, the back and forth that's going to come from this. And maybe that's because Facebook has allowed us, or social media, has allowed us to engage in conversations that are... It, it, that are that, that should be reserved for friendship level. And a lot of them happen on acquaintance level. I, I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I've been chewing on that. I've been journaling about that, thinking about that for a long time. But, but how do you do that? One of the ways that you do that, and what this is all leading up to what I really want to talk about today, I've wanted to talk about this for weeks, is this truth that if you're going to be healthy, you're going to have to hold... Competing ideas, intention. I was talking to a guy one time. We were talking about intelligence, and one of the ways that they assess intelligence is a person's ability to hold two seemingly contradictory truths or apparent truths and believe them both. In other words, can they tolerate that distress and and understand? Okay, so there's evidence for point A, and there's evidence for point A and point B and they seem to contradict each other, but that might be because I don't have all the tension, or excuse me, I don't have all the information, I don't have all the, all the necessary components to understand what's going on, and, and I mean, this was a long time ago, and then when I got into relationship therapy, I realized that one of the things that healthy couples do is they can hold in tension two things that are true that don't feel true so I'm going to give you an example I have a friend going through a divorce not a client a friend of mine uh, going through a divorce a lot of a lot of toxic behavior in the relationship a lot of back and forth and and a lot of ups and downs a lot of trying and restarting and, and and then going back to hey this isn't working and you know one of the things that my wife and I have commented on frequently is we get deleted from Facebook, we get ghosted in real life when people go through divorce. Probably because we're relationship therapists and we get it. This friend has never done that, never ghosted us, never deleted us. Actually, he has always come to us with, hey, what about this? What about that? And and one day she came to me, me and Erica, with this thing that her husband did and she did, and she's like, don't you think that he was wrong? And she's crying. I mean, she's hurt. And I told her, I said, I actually don't think what he did was wrong there. I agree with him. And she was hurt. She was very angry. I don't know, probably 10 minutes later, we hugged, and I told her I loved her, we love her, my wife loves her, my kids love her, and she, you know, we love you too, or I love you guys too. And, and it was okay. We lived in that tension of, hey, here, I love you, and because we love you, Here's something that we think that even though you're in the midst of this terrible storm, this terrible life event that is that is painful and scarring, we do think that this here could have been done differently. That you could have maybe didn't need to do that. And you 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 have to be able to hold those two things in tension. And we're trying to take tension out of the world. We just are. We are trying to run it out. Uh, and I see it all across the board. I, I've I've had people. Uh, sit in my room and tell me they can't be friends with other people anymore because of elective surgery. They can't be friends with other people anymore because they went to Walt Disney World. They can't be friends with other people anymore because they ate at a certain restaurant. They can't be friends with anyone anymore because blah, 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 fill in the blank. And what we're doing is we're killing the tension in life, but the problem is tension is necessary. Do you know what happens if we, if we just change the word tension with friction, Do you know what happens if your tires don't have friction? You don't go anywhere. If you live in Michigan or you live in the North and you're on ice and you're hitting the gas and you're not going anywhere, you've lost friction. You've lost the tension between your car and the road. And I see this happening with couples a lot. In fact, a lot of time that I spend in therapy with couples is talking about being able to hold two things in tension. I'm mad at my spouse and I love my spouse. So that means I need to be kind, I need to do things well. I am bothered by my children's loudness. I wish it was quiet. And I know that someday I'm going to miss this. So I live in that tension. I am bothered by my mother-in-law saying this thing. And I love my husband. I love my wife. I love my mother-in-law. And so I live in that tension. If you're going to have a healthy relationship with anyone, anywhere, doing anything, you have to be able to live in tension. You have to be able to engage uncomfortable conversation. And you have to have room to disagree. You have to be able to separate between things that are relationship killers and just plain old disagreements. Now, I'll back this out all the way to sports, right? Like You can like one team and they can like another team and most people are okay there. You can go to one church and they can go to another church and most people are okay there. You can go to church and they cannot go to church. Most people are okay there. But you'll notice, even as we progress through the therapy, I can't be friends with them, they don't go to church. What? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I can't be friends with them, they go to church. I, I've had both said to me, that's crazy. And you, I can't do this because they did this thing that I disagree with. They had... Uh, what do they call that where you inject the freezing stuff into your face? Botox. They got Botox. Okay, well, what do you care? Are they asking you to get Botox? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You have to embrace the fact that you're not going to agree. There are people, there, there are people in everywhere that I work. There are people, like certainly there are people we work with that we disagree with, right? There are people that I co-labor with. I don't work with them here at, the, at my counseling network or in any of my other adventures but I do volunteer work with them and I don't agree with what they do. In fact, I wish the leadership would kick them out and they don't. But that doesn't mean that I stop embracing the community that comes from that. And here's the thing. If you want community, you're going to have to be able to live with people that you disagree with. And this comes all the way down to parenting, relationships, couples. I watch couples and they're like, well, that hurt me. Okay, well, wait, we need space here. We got to back up. Ask yourself the question. I literally just talked about this This week with someone. Ask yourself the question, did that hurt you because of something that they did or did it hurt you because of something in your own past? Now, the other person, especially if you're married, I do believe they're under the same constraints. Like if you say, hey, that hurt me, they need to evaluate and be like, okay, well, wait, did that hurt you because of what I said? Here's what I'm trying to say. Is there a way I could have said it that didn't hurt you? Kids, parenting, like your kids, they're not going to agree with everything you want them to. And if they do eventually they'll hit a point where they don't. Most kids are not going to agree with their parents on everything. And we can tolerate that. But again, I've seen parents stop talking to their kids. Well, they don't do what I want them to. That's insanity. It's just wrong. Earlier, I brought up my friend who's getting divorced. I'm not going to stop being friends with him or her. Do I think the divorce is right? No, I think that they ought to go work it out. They ought to go put in the pain of working out. To be honest with you, that's what I think. Some of you might have just gotten mad at me. That's okay. But they're adults. They get to choose. And if this is what they're choosing, if this is what they think is best, I can think it's wrong and they can think it's right and we can still be friends. My wife and I don't agree on everything when it comes to parenting. We have to work it out. We have to talk it out. We don't agree on everything. When it comes to finances, we have to work it out. We have to talk it out. We have to figure it out. We have to come up with ground rules and then we have to differentiate. Okay, so I don't think that you should... Uh, my wife would never do this. I don't think you should hit the kids. Period. In fact, I'm anti-spanking. So, okay. She's like, well, I can spank the kids. No, no, you can't. Yes, I can. No, I can't. And so we have to figure that out. What does that mean? Is this a relationship breaker? The problem... Here's the problem we live with in society. Everything is a relationship breaker. Any disagreement's a relationship breaker. And so what happens is... As that relation, when the problems come up, we just just ghost people. But here's the thing. If you think about the first Incredibles, I I, I borrow a line from, I think it's Dash, and uh, I, I reword it a little bit. If everything's a problem, nothing's a problem. If everything's a big deal, nothing's a big deal. People ask me all the time, well, how do you discipline your kids? What punishments do you give them? The truth is, I don't do a lot of discipline and punishments. I do a lot of talking, a lot of teaching. Well, you can't reason with kids. I agree but you can teach and you don't have to agree with me. You want to spank your kids? I do. I'll be honest with you. I think you're wrong, but you're entitled to be wrong. And I'm entitled to be wrong. Shoot. We could both be wrong. I don't really know what a third option there would be, but in reality, in almost every disagreement, you both could be wrong. You want to send your kids to a private religious school? Have fun. I don't. You want to send your boys to public school where I feel like they are set up for failure Go ahead. I'm not in a rush to do that with my son. Now, maybe you're a public school teacher and you're thinking, what does that mean? What's he saying about me? I'm not saying anything about you. I'm saying things about the system. Maybe you. I don't know you. But if you want to come in and talk, I can tell you if I'm talking about you. Because I don't think we have a school system that's set up for boys. I think it's set up. We don't allow boys to be boys. We have killed that. Because some people took it and they used that phrase, boys will be boys, to cover up terrible, horrible things. Well, we don't have to cover up those terrible, horrible things, and we can still embrace the phrase, boys will be boys. That's okay. I think pornography is wrong. I have friends who I know look at pornography. That's their choice. Now, I'm never going to condone it. I'm going to ask them not to do it in front. That would be really weird. But don't do it near me. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I think it's wrong, but I'm not going to ghost them. Coming back to couples, this even comes down to things that hurt you. Things that are said that you find hurtful. Things that are done that that literally hurt you, maybe mean things. Not that you shouldn't tolerate toxicity. But I'm afraid in our our good, well-intentioned effort to bring... Toxicity out, right? To 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 bring toxicity to awareness, to bring toxic relationships to awareness. We have created an all-or-nothing mentality that is a problem because people they have to be perfect, or we're just done. And that's not helpful either. People hurt you. My wife does things that hurt me. My wife does things that make me angry. Ooh, that's not true. My wife does my wife does things that invite me to anger. Uh, I get angry over things my wife does because they're hurtful. And anger is often a cover emotion for hurt. But that does not mean that I shouldn't tolerate that, that I shouldn't go back into it and be like, hey, this hurt. Or just knowing, you know what, I have to say this to this person and they're going to be mad. One of the things that we go over often with new therapists is there will be times where you will say something in the room and they're going to get mad at you. The client's going to get mad at you, and it's okay. As a business owner, there are times I have to say stuff to people about their performance, about what they're doing, and they get mad, and it's okay. And I have to say, whoa, deep breaths. It's okay. Stop. You're okay. And as I push into that, as I lean into that, there's discomfort. And so you have to think about it like a rope in front of your chest, grab both ends and pull. That's how it works. I cannot tell you how often I have people sit in my room and they're like, okay, well, my wife's mad at me and I don't know what to do. And I would say, what do you mean you don't know what to do? What are you hoping to achieve? Well, I want to fix it. Well, you can't fix it. I, I You can't fix it. They, they have to fix it. You just have to sit and you have to go through it. Did I violate the the pattern of communication that we agreed to? Did I say anything mean? Is what I said necessary? Was it kind? Those are great exploration questions. And if you come up with, whoops, it it was necessary, but I didn't say it quite as kindly as I could have, then go back and be like, hey, you know what? I really do feel like I needed to say that, but I could have said it kinder. Will you forgive me? One of the difficult things that we have to embrace, and if we do embrace it, it will allow us to live with this rope of tension, if you will, The other person's reaction, they're not the arbiter of whether or not what we did was right or wrong. And so you might engage a difficult conversation. You might say something and they might be angry at you. It's okay. That doesn't give you an excuse to be mean. It doesn't give you an excuse to do hurtful things. It does give you an opportunity to learn to practice living intention. This person is mad at me and I love them and they love me and it's okay. The problem is we have fear and that fear runs rampant and unchecked. And so we end up doing stupid things. I I watch this with people who are intentional optimists. In fact, a lot of times I'll see this with my couples that I'm working with. They're they're doing their thing. And let's just say the, I don't know, pick. The husband's an optimist and the wife's like, hey, here's a problem that I see. And the husband doesn't actually hear her. He just responds with some, I'm going to try to do this snap, optimistic response, or he just puts the positive spin on it. Well, that's not actually helpful, and it can be frustrating. She's going to have to decide how she addresses it, but part of it is she's going to have to grab that rope and pull on both ends. I, I was talking to somebody just the other day, and they said something to me, and I was like, you know, it is really frustrating to me when you do that. When you tell me what a word that I'm using means, when I don't know of any common understanding of it having that meaning. And that's pulling the rope at both ends. That's 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 having that tension in front of you and it's okay. You're going to have that tension with your kids. You're going to have that tension with your spouse. Anybody you embrace in a relationship, there's going to be that tension and you're going to have to do that. There's no one who's going to do everything exactly the way you do. That's what makes a relationship a relationship. And so... As we roll out of this episode, the, the takeaway that I'm hoping you'll 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 do here's what I'm hoping will happen. you're going to start examining your life for where are things that I'm holding intention or where are things that I'm not holding intention that I would be better for I would be a better person, I would be a better version of myself if I were to hold them intention. One of the one of the things I tell people all the time is, You know, ideally two people, and I do a lot of relationship therapy, so ideally two people grow together at the same pace. But that just isn't how it is. There are times where one person outpaces the other one, and that's okay. And so the takeaway that I'm hoping will happen today is that you embrace the idea that there should be some people in your life that there are things you hold in tension. The most significant people in your life. My wife and I agree on a lot of things, but there are things we disagree on. There are things we have conversations where we go back and forth about. We disagree. There are times where we hold in tension the fact that, you know what? She's angry with me right now or I'm angry with her. And we don't always solve them. We don't always fix them. Not every offense has to be fixed because you can hold it in tension. There are things... I've watched people with significant life disagreements have amazing relationships because they embrace this idea that we can pull that rope in front of us, right? The optimist, sometimes I'm afraid we we think optimism means we can't say there's this thing wrong. Or if we don't, I hate this, don't come with a problem if you don't have the solution. As a maxim, that's a great thing, right? And a maxim is something that's mostly true. But as an absolute truth, that's a terrible way to live. Because there are problems that I don't know the solution to, but you might. And if I can't bring it up because I don't know the solution, I'll never learn whether or not you have the solution. And so we have to embrace this ability to live in the tension of those two things being held in tension, whatever those two things are. So let's go all the way back to the beginning of the episode. Yes, I fight for marriages. Yes, I believe the best thing for your kids is for you and their other parent to be together and healthy. Yes, I believe that if you're divorced, you can still have an amazing relationship with your kids. Yes, I believe that you can co-parent with your ex and do it in a way that benefits your children. Those are all truths and they're all held in tension and it's okay. Thanks so much for listening. I want you to know I really appreciate you, the listener. I really do. I can't say that enough. I appreciate the feedback that I get. I appreciate the emails. I appreciate people who are like, what are you saying? I appreciate the emails like, hey, I really like what you're saying. Uh, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate that you take the time to listen. I know you could do anything with this time. Thank you so much for giving me a little bit of your day. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please feel free to share it on your social media. Uh, By the way, this weekend, uh, the Kindle book of the Emotionally Secure Couple is going to run for free uh, as as the anniversary of its publication date comes out and... As my Valentine's Day gift to you. So be sure to check that out on Amazon. The Kindle version will be free uh, this weekend for a limited time. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.